looking for my sucker. Wow. All right. Um, hi, everybody. Adam Sidler, senior pastor here at North Haven, and it's good to be together. And this is the day, September 13th, 2020, that I've been looking forward to now for over a year. I want to explain that here in just a second. Uh, but before we move forward, I want to welcome also those of you who are watching via the live stream. Uh, thank you so much for joining excuse me, for joining us, and uh, we're excited to be able to venture through this together. Even though you're not here in this space, uh, we are still together here in this moment uh, as the church. So thank you once again. So uh, Rooted, we are starting this 10-week experience called Rooted, and I've been talking about this now for for really over a year, and specifically to all of you the last, I would say, probably about six weeks as we've uh, been encouraging you to, to venture into getting this book. And let me just say right off the bat, you see this book here? You see this book? Hey, let's zoom in. Zoom in on this book. Rooted. Rooted experience next to, next to my face. See right here? Get this book. We need you to get this book. If you haven't yet gotten this book, and this goes for all of you too in this room, we want to get this in your hands. This is so important because this is really the lifeblood of this experience. We have books waiting for you out there. It's, it's $20 to register, but here's the deal. If you don't have that, no big deal. We want to put it in your hands. So after the service, you can go up to the table. We'll make sure that we get you connected with that. And I'll talk a little bit more as to why that's so important but I have known about Rooted now for about three years. And as I've mentioned before, this time, this experience that we're starting here today on the, on the 13th of uh, September is going to be my fourth time going through this experience. The other th uh, three times, two of which I was uh, involved with at another church prior to coming here to North Haven, and then the third time was with our staff. So I got exposed to the Rooted experience uh, at the church I was working at prior to here, which was Grace Fellowship in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. I was there for um, about six and a half years, started as the worship pastor, eventually transitioned into the executive pastor role. And we had a new lead pastor that came to our church that had heard about Rooted and heard a lot of great things and brought it to our church and then led our staff through the 10-week process. So at that time, we had a staff of about 20 people, and so we broke up into four groups, and I led our group through Rooted. And uh, it was an amazing experience. As a leader, as a facilitator, uh, going through the process, leading other people through the process at the same time for the first time was incredible, and it was life-changing for me personally. And then as a staff, it was so unifying. It just emboldened us to not only lead with much more uh, uh, fervor and intentionality, but with confidence as to how we were uniquely purposed for God because we grew in our connection with Him and with one another. We'll talk a little bit more about how that is going to be the case for us. Uh, but then the second time I did Rooted is when we did it as a church, a whole church. And uh, we saw our small groups, or the people that were invested in our small groups, uh, just skyrocket. So many people that then started groups for the very first time experienced connection in a way that they hadn't before. And I was a part of one of those groups. So this time I was a participant. I wasn't a leader. I wasn't a facilitator. And again, it was a 
formative, life-changing experience for me as I now went through it with my wife and uh, two other couples, and not only for our group, but then as a church, it was a tremendous experience. Now, the third time I did it, as I mentioned, we went through this as a North Haven staff. And actually, it started out by me meeting with Pastor Don, so our associate pastor here at this church, Don Mortensen, and I met about three weeks into my time. And we were talking about, you know, what are the things that we want to see kind of unfold you know, while I'm here at North Haven. And I was getting ready to share with him Rooted. And right before that came out of my mouth, he said, you know, I've heard about this thing uh, that started in California and I've heard great things about it, not done it, called Rooted. And it just blew my mind. I mean, it was so, i give you some perspective here. When we did it at Grace Fellowship, uh, we were the first church in Minnesota to do Rooted. It was still, we still were doing it through um, spiral binders. They hadn't made it look as polished and clean as it does now. So it was really a grassroots movement. So the fact that Don knew about it uh, just spoke more volumes to me as to its impact. And uh, I really saw that as a divine moment. I was like, yes, this is what God wants us to do. God, yes, I'm listening to your leading, and we're going to move forward. So both Don and I were super excited about that. So then we started leading our staff through Rooted. I believe it was in January. We went through the 10-week process. So we started it pre-COVID, ended it in the midst of all the stuff that was going on there in March and April. But it was, like I said, another formative experience for me as an individual. But then as a staff member, as someone who was new here, had only been here about four or five months, to then venture through this experience with my staff was something that I will never forget. We have become unified and strengthened, and our relationships have been significantly deepened because of this experience. And so we did that in order to help my staff, help our staff experience Rooted and get them excited and on board for what God can do and will do through this as a church. So as you have heard, I've been pumping this up the last few weeks, and we're starting today. So today is all about what is this thing? What is rooted? What is this deal that I've been trying to encourage you guys to get excited about and invested in? So we're going to talk about that, and then tonight is when um, our Rooted experience begins, and so there are a collection of people who are starting groups for the very first time, and then other groups and existing groups that have been meeting for a while that are meeting here at the church on Sunday nights. So we're going to have eight groups that are meeting on Sunday nights, and then we have a bunch of other groups during the course of the week that will be meeting at various times and locations. Uh, so it starts tonight. So that's kind of that rhythm, right? I, I, you do, you're going to do uh, uh, daily devotions, five daily devotions. I'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then you're going to hear me talk about that given subject. So today it's what is rooted, but there weren't devotions leading up to this. And then you're going to have your small group experience starting this evening and then going on to the week depending on when your group is meeting. And it's not, yes. Well, this is a first. No, that's cool. Right now? No, that, that you're fine. You're fine. Yep, you are not failing today. You're good. Yes. So if, you, if that's something that you would like to do, yes, yes, this is awesome. Question. 
6 p.m. Yes, but you and I are talking afterwards, so yes, yes, that's right. Okay, so I'll get into all these details. I love this. Anybody else got a question? This is great. Okay, yes, what? Well, we are Minnesotans and Baptists, there, but there won't be snacks tonight, no. Um, but nonetheless, okay, we are moving forward into this rooted experience that starts tonight for those that are meeting on Sunday nights. Um, but it's not too late. It's not too late to join a group. So if you are not connected to a small group, meaning that if you're not connected to a group that's either been uh, previously meeting or you haven't yet registered, because if you registered and I've connected with you and confirmed that you're going to be involved on Sunday nights, you are in a group if that's the case. If I've connected with you and you are, and I know that you're going to be involved on Sunday nights, you are connected with a group and you're going to find out what that group is this evening. But if you haven't yet spoken with me and connect with me on that and you want to join a group, then we need to talk. It's not too late, all right? And then you can get your book after the service. So this moment is significant. This moment is significant. There are many battles that have been raging this year that has seemed like 10 years has been a year for the ages. I was talking to my son the other day, we went on a camping trip for a couple days this last weekend. Had a great time. I was his only audience. He was my only audience. It was just fantastic. He's 10 years old. A memory that I'm going to cherish forever. But he and I were talking, and, and he had a lot of questions. And uh, one of the questions that came up, specifically because on Friday, uh, he started talking with his class about September 11th. So he wanted to know more details about that and uh, exactly what happened and why and how. And so we talked about that, and as I shared that with him, I can remember exactly where I was when I found out about the World Trade Center. I, I know exactly what that day looked like. I remember all those details, where I was, how that day uh, prog progressed, and even that week, what are the things that I did and didn't do, how I felt, all that stuff became very real to me and cemented into my brain that I'll never forget. And I kept thinking, there are, there are aspects of this season, of this moment in time that my son, Aiden, is never, ever going to forget. He's never going to forget how it felt to be in school one day and then the very next day not be in school anymore and have to learn through a computer He's never going to forget how it felt to be, to be isolated in his home and not being able to see his friends. He's never going to forget how when he played baseball this year that, is, uh, that they had to wear masks and uh, there were only four teams because so many kids had dropped out. These things will be cemented into his brain. This has been a challenging year. And for some of you... It is so significant, this season and this battle is so significant that when I say you are not alone, that really resonates. As cliche as it may even sound, we need to perpetuate this message. You are not alone. The enemy wants so much to convince you that you're alone, that you're isolated, that there's no one there for you. No one to support you or to encourage you or to lift you up. We're in a battle. And here's the deal. When the conflict is greater, 
So the greater the conflict, when we, when we address that conflict and when we move forward under the banner of Jesus Christ, greater is the story. So as great as the conflict can be, the story can be even more grand. Any Hobbit fans here? All right. There's a moment in The Hobbit where Gandalf is meeting Bilbo for the very first time. And Gandalf says this. He says, I am looking for someone to share in an adventure that I am arranging. And it's very difficult to find anyone. And Bilbo responds by saying, I should think so. In these parts, we are plain, quiet folk and have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things make you late for dinner. And that's, that's kind of us, isn't it? We're Baptist Minnesotans. Adventures. I mean, we are, we are plain, quiet folk, and we have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things, and they make us late for dinner. But what I want to encourage you to do is to courageously step forward in an adventure that awaits to change you from the inside out. The question is, what kind of story do you want to live? The conflict is tremendous. But under the banner of Jesus Christ, the story can be even better. So what story do you want to live? My hope is that through all of this that you can begin to live in rhythms of life that allow you to become that all, all that God has designed and created for you to be. And why is this such a big deal? Well, the world continues to lie. It steals our dreams. It robs us of our hope and our joy. Why is that? Because the world is run by the enemy. The enemy, the enemy prowls around waiting for like a roaring lion, waiting for someone to devour. We forget that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of this dark world that want nothing more than to see you venture further away from the cross of Christ. But God wants to lead you towards the cross, right? Come as you are. And allow me to change you from the inside out. We need to focus on restoration, on being awake, not going through the motions. Do you want to live a life where you've just perpetuated going through the motions? Or do you want to live an adventure? Do you want to experience life change, radical life change? Where you can experience connecting with God, connecting with others, and understanding His unique calling and purpose for your life. So what is rooted? Well, right away, when the, when the church started in Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going to look at right now. So if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2. It's going to be on the screen. I'm going to read it out loud as well. You can look at the Bible app. But here in Acts chapter 2, we see the beginning of the church. So the story here that we're perpetuating as North Haven Church, we are part of this grand story of the church that starts here. In verse 42, it says, They, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
That means, that means listening and responding to teaching. That means being together in community. That means sitting and actually having meals together and praying with one another. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Imagine that. Some of you complaining about going to church once a week. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So there are three hopes and prayers and i believe that if you venture into this courageously if you if you step forward into the adventure that i'm calling you to here that i'm asking you to be a part of you're going to experience these three things the first is this you're going to connect with god on a much more grand and profound level you're going to connect with god now that sounds like a christian cliche doesn't it but it's not because connecting with God means to truly know who He is. And it means to hear His voice. And in order to hear His voice, what do you got to do? You got to shut up. You got to be quiet. You got to ask. You got to listen. And then where, when he leads, when he does, he never fails to show you the way in which he wants you to go. You follow. That, that's what it means to connect with God. And then connecting with God, it really then begins to, to change how you view God. How do you view God? Do you see God as a judge or Santa Claus And the reason this is so important is because once your view of God becomes whole, once your view of God becomes biblical, you see Him as the Almighty Lord, the Creator and Sustainer of all things, your primary resource instead of your last resort, then you become a whole person. So not only connecting with God, that is something that will be a result of all those that venture into this adventure, but then also connecting with His church. We are not meant to do this alone. Adam and Eve were created because God recognized that man is not meant to be alone. We're meant to be in communion and connection with God, but also with one another. See, the church is not a building. Even though this building is wonderful, it's a tremendous resource, and it is, it is our responsibility just it is, as it is with everything to give God the best of what he's given us. And he's given us this facility, this building, and we are then responsible to give him then the best of this building that he's given us. But the church is not this building. It's not the programs it's not how many we offer or even the success of those programs that are a part of this. The church is designed 
and was created for relationships with God and with one another. Relationships with God and relationships with one another. See, one of the clearest ways that God speaks to us and some of the most formative moments in my life have been when other believers have come to me and said, Adam, I, I believe that God is leading me to share this with you. Sometimes that's been really encouraging, and you're thinking, wow, that's awesome. And other times you hear something really challenging, and you're like, oh, that does not feel good, but essential. Whether it's with God or with others, it is through relationship that we experience healing. And that's why the enemy wants so much for you to be isolated for you to feel like you should be alone. That you're not worthy of God's connection or you're not worthy of connection with others. Why is that true? Because the enemy knows that if you're isolated, if you're alone, that you will not experience healing. Because it is only through connection with God and connection with others that healing is realized. So if you invest, if you dive headfirst into the rooted experience, you're going to experience a connection with God that is profound. And you're going to experience a connection with others that is as profound. And then you're also going to connect with God's purpose for your life. I've talked a lot about this in my time here, in my short time, that God has a very unique and specific purpose for his church and all those that inhabit his church. You and I are designed uniquely, but that is not for your purpose. That is not so so that you can get pumped up. It's for the glory of God. It is so that the church can advance the kingdom of God. And we talked about it before. It's really a question of whether you want to be in the game or whether you want to sit on the bench. See, we're all part of God's vast story and new stories are being written every single day and the reason your devotion to God's unique purpose for you is so important is because there are an endless array of options that vie for your life's devotion what do I mean by that every single person in this room and every single person that's watching the live stream right now or if you're watching a recording you are devoted to something Every single person is devoted to something. You are living a life of devotion. The question is what? To what? Maybe it's a life of devotion to an individual and that everything you are, your whole identity is wrapped up in that one person. Or maybe it's a devotion to television. That happens, that happens. Maybe it's a devotion to your appearance or maybe it's a devotion to an addiction, or maybe it's a devotion to a a, a political agenda. We are all living lives of devotion, but there's only one life of devotion that really matters, and that is devotion wholly and completely to God. But the reason that that is understandably so difficult at times is because there's so much else that is vying for your life of devotion. 
What does God say in Revelation? If you're lukewarm, what's He going to do? He's going to spit you out. God's not wanting or interested in a bunch of believers who are just living a lukewarm and complacent life. He's wanting people red hot for Him. People that are just burning a life of devotion solely and completely to Him. My prayer is that you discover for the first time or maybe you rediscover a life of devotion to God and I promise you that if you do, God will bless those who do that. And there is tremendous return. There is great return with this investment. If you venture into this experience, if you not only get the book and you go through the process that this book lays out, but if you also do that with a group and then as a church, I promise you the investment will be rich. You are not wasting your time by doing this. When you invest in this experience as individuals, as a small group, as a church, we're going to become involved in a spiritual and relational cul-de-sac. Raise your hand if you grew up in a circle or a cul-de-sac. Anybody here? All right. I was envious of you people. I had, I had friends that lived in cul-de-sacs or circles, and during the winter, all that snow would pile up in the center, and we would make forts and that kind of stuff. That was super cool. But I always felt like, like the kids that lived in circles and cul-de-sacs were super close with one another. And I always felt like an alien visiting from the outside. That's what we're, what we're going for here. We want a spiritual and relational cul-de-sac, a circle where we feel like we have each other's back, where we're connected and we're supporting each other, encouraging and maybe sometimes challenging one another towards love and good deeds. So how is this going to work? Well, the foundation of this, as I said, is in your small groups. So small groups is a big part of this. So much can happen and does happen in the context of a small group. It is one of the most powerful aspects of the church. It's not too late to join one, as I mentioned earlier, and this is going to be difficult for some introverts. It's going to be easy for others, extroverts. But I promise you that if you venture into a small group, if you commit to doing this with your group, you're going to experience people who are for you, with you, and are determined to encourage you. And ultimately, you'll be reminded that you're not alone. We all need that reminder, don't we? So small groups are the foundation. Well, the other aspect of this is the facilitator. So each group... If it's, if it's an existing group, you already have a built-in facilitator because it's the leader of that small group. But then these new small groups that are going to be starting, they have a facilitator that's going to be leading these groups through this process. And I believe that your facilitator, I'm going to be a facilitator as well, that your facilitator is the right person for the right time. That it is not fate, it is not happenstance. That God has led this process and led these people to such a time as this. And remember in the context of your group that oftentimes questions are more important than answers because we want to create a space that encourages honest discussion. We want to encourage dialogue and conversation. And ultimately the facilitator's goal is to lead the group to help people understand who they are, how they can have a connection with God, how they can have a connection with the church, and then truly understand their unique purpose. 
So there are seven rhythms and experiences that are a part of this journey, this adventure that we're being called to. The first is daily devotions. Now, if you've picked up your book and if you've glanced through it, you'll, you will have noticed that starting after today, the way that this works is that there are five devotions leading up to each week. So after today, you'll look at the next week. We're going to talk about who is God. Well, there's five devotions that you're going to participate in over the course of this week leading up to that message that I'll give then on Sunday. And then that message will then lead us into our small group experiences, whether you're meeting as a small group on Sunday night or sometime later in the week. But those daily devotions are huge because not only will you be engaging with these ideas and these thoughts and these truths on an individual level, but you'll be asked questions and you'll be given time to process and to think and to pray about what these mean. Another rhythm of this experience is the prayer experience. So I believe it's the third week. We're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking, how do you, how do you talk to God? What is prayer? What does that mean? Is it different for different people? Are there things that we're all supposed to be doing the same? Or you know, is, is worshiping God through song the same as, as reading Scripture? I mean, there are so many questions in regards to prayer that we can investigate and wrestle with. And so we're going to have, along with that, a prayer experience. So your small group. You're going to go through the process of, of praying as an individual and then praying as a group and then, and then ideally over food because we're Minnesotans and Baptists. You're going to talk about what did this mean for me and what did this mean for us and what is God speaking to us through this. That prayer experience is formative and it follows, is followed then by a serve experience in which you and your group are going to decide together on a service opportunity where you're going to go out and you're going to serve together in some way, in some capacity. And then talk about it. Talk about how God worked in you and through that, that process. What is the difference between serving as an individual and then serving with others? We've done that a couple different ways. I was part of a group where us as families, we went out and we bought a bunch of Operation Christmas Child stuff and we brought it back to our house and we packed all that together all the while talking and, and investigating as to how God is calling us to serve more and with a heart that yearns for others. And another time, me and, and a few other individuals in our group, we went to a, uh, the Salvation Army and we served breakfast to homeless people. You're also, another rhythm is you're going to learn how to not only know, but then share your story. Your story is integral and important in that it can and should be used to help other people experience the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. We're also going to be talking about freedom from uh, spiritual strongholds because, again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of this dark world. And that is a real thing. And how is it that we can experience freedom from these things that would want to strangle us and keep us down? And we're going to venture into God's view of money. And we're going to explore and, and experience how, how this is not a taboo subject. That it's not something we should feel uh, cringy about when we hear brought up in the church or in, co in the conversation, but rather God has a, a desire for us to see the spirituality in our finances. And then we're going to celebrate the last week of the last Sunday of this experience, Sunday night, November 15th. That's the finish line. 
And we're going to celebrate that night in a way that's safe. We're going to have all the groups come together, and we're just going to celebrate what God has done in our lives and in this church, in our groups, and we're also going to hopefully see people decide to make that proclamation. Not only have they decided to follow Jesus and make him the leader of their life, but they are, have made the decision to make that publicly uh, visible by getting baptized. So in all this, an adventure isn't an adventure until you leave your comfort zone. So the goal in all of this is to experience life change in the whole person. That's transformation of your mind, of your heart, and of your soul, all for the glory of God. And many of us need to experience this kind of breakthrough, whether that be relationally or spiritually or emotionally, mentally, vocationally, you name it. And ultimately here, this is the deal, 10 weeks from now, my hope and prayer, it's been this and will continue to be this for the next 10 weeks, is that you're able to say these words, this changed my life. Let's pray. Father, I'm so excited for what you're about to do. And to be a part of it is just such a, a privilege and a blessing, Lord. And I pray that as we venture into this, as individuals, as small groups, as a church community, Lord, that you would even now begin to work in our lives in profound ways. And that we would be open to what it is that you're wanting to reveal to us and show to us. And that we would have the courage to respond, to step forward in this adventure that you call us to. Lord, you've done tremendous things starting from the birth of this church in the late 50s all the way to now. And Lord, you have tremendous things in store for us as we venture forward into the future. But I believe that a year, 5, 10, 20 years from now, we're going to look back at these 10 weeks in the year 2020 as a pivotal moment in the history of this church where we went from, from a, a semblance of complacency to being on fire for Jesus Christ. I can't wait. We thank you and we love you and we pray all this in your name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Don't leave if you haven't gotten this book before getting one. They're on the table in the, in the commons and I can't wait to do this with you. Have a great day. God bless.